Good morning. In my office, I have a sign that Darian built me with a quote from a man named Andrew Fletcher. It says this, Give me the making of the songs of a nation, and I care not who writes its laws. What does that have to do with where we're going today? Absolutely nothing. But I wanted you to notice that there's something different about me today. No, it's not that chiseled six-pack that's hiding behind this shirt or the gray hairs that seem to just keep popping up. I am wearing one of the most divisive things in our culture. It's not ripped jeans. It is this mask. Now, when you saw me wearing it, what was your response? Did you think that I was foolish? I mean, I mean, he's in a 19,000 square foot building. He's in a room by himself. There is no need to be wearing that. He's obviously a fool. Maybe you thought I was wise. Like he's, he's a leader. He's setting an example that's to follow. Like that, that's just somebody that like, I want to follow their example. Maybe you thought I was virtue signaling. I was telling the in crowd that I was in by my actions, although I wasn't actually doing what this was for, I was more signaling to somebody. You see, these have become the symbol of how we use our freedoms in the midst of this global pandemic. Now, freedom for Americans is a very, very big deal. We all know this. The um, origin story of America, it revolves around freedom from religion, freedom from oppression, freedom from them so we can have here. With life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that we have a freedom that gives us the opportunity to be personally free. And that is an unbelievable driver that fuels so much that's going on in our culture. I mean, this is, like, I, I have freedoms. I'm not going to allow anybody to tell me what to do. This is my body. I want to live out my body. Now, that could be when it comes to masks, or it could be come to even culturally. Uh, you don't get to tell me what's my body. I get to decide my own gender. I get to decide my own identity. Um, I get to decide what I do with whatever's going on within me, even my womb. Like, so whether you're on whatever side of the polarization of the spectrum that we're on, freedom is underneath all of it as Americans. So the question is for us, how do we utilize our freedoms? What does it mean to be in Christ or a Christian in our culture? And how does that differ from how culture uses our freedom? We're um, jumping ahead a little bit in the book of Corinthians. We're going to be in ch uh, chapter 10 today. We're going to go back to chapter 9 next week because it's Pentecost Sunday when we gather in person. And we're going to look at uh, the mission aspect of the end of chapter 9. But we wanted to look at this and ask the question, what does it mean for us to utilize our freedom in Christ? And for us, without searing our conscience, we are to use our freedom for the benefit of the other, out of love for the other. That is Christian use of our freedom. 
Now, Paul is addressing this in the uh, midst of for, uh, the church of Corinth. Now, for them, this was around food sacrifice to idols. They were wondering, can we eat that or can we not eat that? Now, for Paul, he recognized that he had a knowledge of the gospel that allowed him and gave him the freedom to enjoy it without his conscience being seared. Now, for others, they didn't have that. For them, uh, the only way they could get meat was to go into the marketplace. Now, the food that was sold in the marketplace, the only way to get meat was from temples. People would bring animals to the temple. They would sacrifice to a, a false god. Then that would be used for the sacrifice, be eaten by the priest, and anything that was left over would go to the marketplace, and that would not only fund the temple, but it would allow for the, the people to get the food. So it was not likely for them to have any meat unless it was sacrificed to false gods. For some in the church, they, uh, their conscience did not allow them to eat that. Um, and so Paul starts addressing that here um, in chapter 8. Now, chapter 8 through chapter 10 is one argument around this freedom. He uses an example of freedom um, of his own uh, wealth. That's what he talked about last week. He talks about freedom to lay down his own rights for others. And so in that context, this is what he says in eight chapter, uh, chapter 8, verse 8. Food will not bring us close to God. We are not worse off if we eat or if we don't eat, and we are not better if we do. But be careful that this right of yours in no way becomes a stumbling block to the weak. Verse 13, therefore, if food causes my brother or sister to fall, I will never again eat meat so that I won't cause my brother or sister to fall. So he's building on this argument. And what he's saying is, I have this freedom. I have this ability. I have this rights. Food isn't going to do this to me, but it will to them. So Paul is setting an example for the church saying, and it's not about me. My freedom is to be used for their benefit out of love for them, not for me. This is how he says it in chapter 10, 23 and 24. Everything is permissible. He's quoting the Corinthians. But not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible. He's quoting the Corinthians. But not everything builds up. No one is to seek his own good but the good of the other person. Listen to this. He recognizes that he has freedom in Christ. And his job is to not do it for his own sake, for, but for the building up of the other person to cause them not to stumble. He closes the chapter in this. Just as I try to please everyone in everything, not seeking my own benefit but the benefit of many so that they might be saved. He's going about saying, hey, I in my conscience am not, it's not going to be ruined by eating that food. I have freedom, but I'm not going to use that freedom for my own sake. I'm going to use the freedom for the sake of the other. I'm going to look for their benefit. I'm going to look to build them up. I want to seek their good. I want to do as he says in Romans 14 verse 19. I'm going to pursue what promotes peace 
and builds up one another. That's his heartbeat. He has freedom. He has the ability to do things. But the motivation of the gospel is that I'm not going to do what's best for me. I'm going to do what's best for you. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. Paul isn't even the best example of this because he bases what he does off of his following of Jesus. I mean, this is the gospel. This is the reality of what Jesus did for us. He, as Philippians said, who um, not only did he have divine rights, but he didn't come around like demanding that his rights were fulfilled. He laid down his rights. He, and not only that, he became a slave, a slave that ended up on the cross for his enemies. You and I who were far from God, he pursued us out of love for us. He didn't um, seek his own welfare, but the welfare of us, you and me. And now you and I, (coughs) excuse me, you and I have freedom in Christ because he laid down his freedom. He laid down his rights. He sought you and I. And he knew what was best for himself. He knew that he created everything. The whole world was designed to praise him. And he laid that down. And he says, I want them. I want to see them saved. I want to see them grow up. I want to see them mature. That's the motivation of the gospel. And so we as Christians have a a decision to make. Are we going to live out our freedom as Americans first or as Christians first? Are we going to live out our freedom for our own benefit? Or are we going to live out our freedom for the benefit of other people? Now, he does this in line with this um, uh, based on our conscience. Now, our conscience is what N.T. Wright calls, and I like this language, a internal compass. It's given to us by God to determine what's right and wrong, what's not sinful and what is sinful. Um, now, what Paul is saying here, though, is that not everybody has the same line. There are things in Scripture that are not explicitly stated, that it gives us freedom. It's like a, a spectrum, if you will. Um, the, the Scriptures don't demand against it. Uh, the Scriptures don't demand for it. These are things that we, um, out of wisdom and out of love, have to determine where we all stand on them. A lot of times, alcohol is brought into this, okay? Um, like, for instance, for some people, alcohol is an issue. It's, and, and if they were to take of it, it would be wrong for them. It would be against their conscience. And therefore, as Paul says in Romans, that would be sinful for that person because their line in this gray area is there. And so to cross that line would be sinful. But for other people, it's not there. Okay? It's, it's, uh, and that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying the stronger brother is able to utilize their freedom in ways that the weaker brother is not able to do. The line within this gray area is in different places. And so we um, have an opportunity. Our conscience is what um, leads each and every one of us in this. Okay, When it comes to food sacrifice to idols, some were able to do it, some were able to not. But those that were stronger in Paul's language 
were to use their strength not to demand that people do them. They're not to say, hey, how dare you stop letting me use my freedom? Out of love, they were to use their freedom to bend their conscience to the sake of the other person's conscience. Now, here's a few things why this particularly is hard in our society. We um, have different, um, there's this spectrum that we're on right now around mask wearing, around COVID precautions. And each side of the argument believes that they are the stronger brother. So if if I can um, simplify that. You say you're a a mask wearer, like you are, um, follow the letter to a T. That group of people tends to believe that they are the stronger ones here. They're doing what's best for others. Their motivation, from their understanding, is the strong one. And those people that that that, don't want to, they are the weaker brother. Vice versa. Those that are anti-masker, if I could use that language, they think, oh, here's the science, here's this, here's that. They, they're, the, um, their line is this way, and they look at the person that does go about wearing this, and they say, oh, they're the weaker person. Now, here's what Scripture doesn't say. It doesn't say which one's stronger and which one's weaker. And I'm not going to come up here and say this is the stronger side, nor is this the weaker side. Because actually, it does not matter. The motivation that the scriptures call everybody to is to love them and to seek their benefit. And this is so countercultural because in our day, what we do with people that disagree with us is we demonize them and then we weaponize it. So we demonize them and say, oh, they're fools or they're, or they're idiots or they're not smart or they're, they're wrong or even they're evil. They have ill motives. And then we listen to their sound, sound bites. We take that, create a straw man argument, and we weaponize their own uh, belief against them. And so we have this um, slinging mud at one another within our culture. And What's so sad is it's happening in the church too. We we follow culture and we don't live, we look at our conscience and say, everybody that doesn't have the same freedom or doesn't live according to my conscience, we weaponize and demonize them. And we say they're fools and we, we push them down. And it's so sad because it's not living in line with what the scriptures call us to. So how can I use my um, the conscience and live out of that, but not weaponize and demonize? So if culture says weaponize and demonize, what we need to do is we, as God's people, need to live according to the fruits of the Spirit, which, and I'm going to focus on two aspects of it, is gentleness and kindness. Gentleness. I'm not demanding. I'm not forcing upon. I'm understanding. I'm empathetic. I'm listening. I'm trying to, as Paul as a father does, walk them to an understanding. But I'm not forcing it. I'm not demanding it. I'm gentle. And I'm also kind. I'm, I don't demonize. The, the scriptures don't call us to um, push down and shove and be unkind and slander and gossip, which happens 
so much in our day. Rather, we as God's people use our freedom for love, but we live out of our conscience, out of kindness and gentleness, being led by the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, we seek truth. Yes, we speak truth, but we do it gently. We do it kindly because that's what God did for us. It's what he did to us. Now what he wants to do through us. So when it comes to not searing our conscience, we also recognize that there are things that are on the spectrum that are right and wrong depending on the situation, that are depending on the person. But then there are some things that are just downright wrong. And Paul's not going to cross that line. In this passage, he says, hey, don't worry about the menu of the meat, but it's, it does. the venue does matter. Don't eat it in the temples. That's a line that you should not cross. There are lines that you and I cross that are not, um, that we should not cross that's not dependent on our conscience. We shouldn't try to raise money for the church by selling drugs. Just not a good idea. That's not a conscious thing. That's just the evil wrong thing. So, there are those things, and Paul is addressing the, uh, the things that are not necessarily that directly. It's those things that are based on conscience. How do we live lovingly? How do we live for the better of the other person in the midst of these levels of disagreement? So we don't see our conscience. We, we don't do uh, bend our freedom and to sear our conscience and do things for somebody that's going to cause us to sin. We don't do that. But we do bend our will, bend our desire, use our freedom for the sake of the other person. That is Christian-motivated, gospel-centered freedom. Now, this is pertinent to us because this week, Governor Inslee and the CDC came out and is no longer requiring masks to be worn indoors by fully vaccinated people. Now, next week, we are gathering together in person at Lifeway Church. We'd love to do it outside if the weather allows for it, but we're going to do it indoors if the weather does not allow for it. What that means for us is we are not going to be requiring masks to be worn indoors when we gather. Now, I hope that we never have to do that again. I recognize that this has been beneficial, it's been good, but it also has hindered connection. It has gotten in the way of being, I mean, the amount of times that I've seen people in masks and see them later without a mask, I don't know who they are. I've, I've said, hey, how are you doing? And they're like friends and I can't even notice who they are. This They do hinder relationship. And so as a church, we have intentionally and strategically been in missional communities and house to house on Sunday mornings. We wanted to limit the COVID restrictions. We wanted to allow for attachment in that. And by God's grace, that's worked and it's worked really, really well. But we also know that that's not our long-term strategy. That's not going to be sustainable. We are going to start to work towards gathering and re-engaging our gathering corporately, weekly in September. And this summer, we're going to be building towards um, reattaching, if you will, um, across our missional communities. You've been able to figure this out in your MC, have similar um, uh, understanding within that. But now we're going beyond that across our eight missional communities we're now coming together, by God's grace, we're wanting to more come together as the Soma Federal Way. 
And so as we do that, we know that we need to do it uh, graciously and we need to do it for the sake of reattachment. I mean, this summer, we're going to have different forms of gathering. We will gather monthly still at Lifeway Outdoors by God's grace. We're going to have what we're calling cluster gatherings, which is a group of missional communities in Northeast Tacoma and the group in Federal Way gathering together in those times just to develop relationships in that context. We're also doing meetups, which are men times for men and times for women um, once a month. Um, you'll get the schedule uh, this week on when those are going to be because we want to encourage that because we know it's necessary. But we also know that all of this, um, the masks and the regulations, we've been able to work in our MC, but now we have to figure this out as a church. And so this is an opportunity for us to put into practice what we've just talked about. While it's so easy to say, oh, I finally have freedom to do what I want. We don't have to wear masks or, or whatever it may be. I want this to be a time for us to put into practice what we said and say, hey, I may have this freedom, but what's going to be the benefit to my brother and sister? What's going to be for their good? Now, that may mean that you want to throw your mask away but you may be sitting by somebody who is concerned. You may be encountering somebody, engaging with somebody that does not, um, is not ready to take this off yet. You may, out of your willful choice, and we're encouraging you to prayerfully consider if you want to use your freedom for your own sake or for your sake of yourself. And I don't know what that looks like. You may want to throw away your mask and say, you know what? Out of love, I'm going to wear a mask. You may be on the other side. You may say, oh, I'm so glad I still get to wear a mask. But for the sake of attaching to other people and building a relationship, you may be fully vaccinated and say, you know, I'm just going to go ahead. I, I, I want to. I'm not searing my conscience. And I'm going to go ahead and choose to not to. I don't know what that means for you. And I'm not going to create a law. We're not going to regulate this. We're not going to police this. We want you to be led by love. We don't want you to sear this. If you think it's sinful, we don't want you to, um, to break that. We don't want you to do that. We don't want you to lie either. We want to still follow the regulations that are in front of us. So we don't want you to sear your conscience and lie and say, oh, I don't need to wear this because I'm fully vaccinated when you're not. Like, I don't want that. I want you to prayerfully consider what's best for the other person. What's going to be led by love? What's going to help me redevelop new relationships and old relationships across our MCs in the coming months? How can we, as the body of Christ, be an example of freedom that's used for the benefit of others out of love? Not searing our own conscience, not, not going against what God has really put on our hearts, but doing it for the sake of the other. And all of this, all of this, Paul says in verse 31, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, I'll use our language, whether you wear a mask or wear, don't wear a mask, whether you decide to or not decide to, do everything for the glory of God. This isn't about you. This isn't about me. This is about God's glory that other people can see our good works and give praise to our Father in heaven, as it says in Matthew chapter 5. That's is what we're doing. We're seeking not our own benefit, but the benefit of the others. We're doing it out of love that we've received in Christ. 
And because you and I have received it, we now want to extend it. That is Christian freedom. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have laid down your rights, that you took on human flesh, you dwelt among us, but you paid the penalty of our sins. You sought our benefit when we were enemies. You pursued us when we were, when we were far off. And God, thank you that you did that. And now by your spirit, you're empowering us to do that. So Father, I don't know what all this means for each person, but God, I thank you that you are the head of the church, that you lead by your spirit, and that you in the days and weeks and months ahead, you guide us on how we can use our freedom, not for our own sake, but for the sake of our brothers and sisters. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.